Hey, KGF family, just a few announcements before we head into our week together. Uh, if you have questions about KGF hubs, uh, please join our KGF in conversation. Our next one is August 25th at 7 p.m. here at the church. Uh, we invite you to participate in that with us. For the next three weekends, starting today, uh, we'll be hosting KGF family gatherings in various parks throughout our city. Uh, we invite you to be a part of that um, and meet other KGF families in your neighborhood. Um, so check out the newsletter for more details on that. Uh, as always, you can still give um, from our website, kgfchurch.com forward slash give. Um, but we also wanted to let you know that there is a new drop box outside of the church office here. So you can drop off books that you borrowed from our library, which is open every week, um, 10 to 12 um, in the morning. Um, you can drop your books off there and you can also drop off uh, physical checks if you have any of those that you want to use to give. Uh, our dear friend Bruno Rossi passed away last week, Thursday, August 6th. Uh, many of you will remember his faithful presence as an usher and greeter here at KGF. So please pray for Janet and his family for comfort and peace. Uh, another member of our family passed away at the age of 94, Victor Friesen, father of Linda Weens. Uh, Victor and his, and his family have been uh, at KGF a long time and he will be dearly missed. Our services this summer are intentionally shorter so that you have more time for discussion with your families and maybe your hub groups from wherever you are. Hey, KGF family. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I just want to let you guys know that I have been missing having all of you here with me uh, singing loudly together in the room. Um, but I pray that in the meantime that you are singing with me from from your homes and maybe your KGF hubs. Uh, uh, and if you're not really a singer, if that's not really your thing, um, it's perfectly valid to, to sit and pray these songs as we sing them. Uh, today we'll be hearing from Devin and Marissa um, and the KGF youth crew um, as they share some of the stories of how God has been working and teaching them this summer. Uh, they've been meeting every Wednesday. Um, they've been going through the book of Mark together, um, as well as they've been serving in our community and in our city. Uh, let's read this scripture together from Psalm 33. Um, the scripture will be on the screen, and let's read it together. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations. Mm -hmm. We introduced this song last week. It's called The Goodness of God. Let's sing it out together.
the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, oh, I will sing of the
in the splendor of your majesty and your holiness of your creation. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and given to us. And we lift our voices to you again today as we thank you and we worship you. In your name I pray, amen. God is transforming us from earthly citizens to heavenly citizens from an earthly kingdom to a heavenly kingdom. That sounds great, but what does it look like? Well, the Spirit of God is inviting us in a process of wrestling and knowing who God is, and then inviting us and leading us to live a life in light of that, and then to reflect on the transformation that has occurred in our lives and the lives around us that listen to God's Spirit and follow it. At the crew, that's what we've been doing for the last two months. Kids have engaged with the process every Wednesday of spending time in the Word, spending time with us as we wrestle together as a community as to who God is and how we should live our lives. And from that is born the service. We go out into the community and we engage that community and the problems that they have. We then reflect on, well, because of those actions which, led, which were led by the Spirit, what transformation occurred in me and in my world? What do I look like now? How am I different? How is the world different? It allows us to understand and imagine what heavenly citizens look like and what 
heavenly kingdom looks like. And so we've been really intentional with the kids at the crew to do that as we believe that that is the discipleship journey, is being intentional with the way that we spend our days, intentional with our time with God, intentional with our acts that are born from that time, and intentional with our reflection and paying attention to what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of others, allowing us to point to those stories and show, look at the things that God is doing and has done. Well, good morning, KGF Church family. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, this summer, we've been walking through the Gospel of Mark, looking at stories of hope. And alongside that, we've had uh, multiple people come up and share their stories of hope and what God is doing in the midst of their lives this summer. So we're going to continue on with that theme. If you have your Bibles, you can grab them. And we're going to start in Mark chapter 5, verses 22. And so in Mark 5, we land kind of in the middle of what's going on. And so we're halfway through the chapter. And what's happened pre previous is some pretty incredible things. We have seen uh, Jesus calm a storm on the sea. And, and he makes it go still in the midst of his disciples and many boats out on the water. We've also seen Jesus heal a man who was demon-possessed. And so that's where we find ourselves in Mark chapter 5. Jesus has done these miraculous acts. And it's amassed quite a following. Crowds of people are gathering to see what Jesus will do next. And they're following each and every step he takes. And so that's where we find ourselves in Mark 5, verses 22. And we're going to find about one man amongst this massive crowd who steps forward to Jesus with a desperate request. So let's enter into the story here in verse 22. It says, Then... A leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived when he saw Jesus. He fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. See, the, the father's emotion is poignant as he pleads for his daughter's case, who even at 12 years old, he refers to it as little, emphasizing the father's caring and protective heart for his daughter. Continuing on in verse 24, we see Jesus go with him, understanding the situation. And as Jesus goes with Jairus, the massive crowd of people follow along. We see in verse 25, a woman in the crowd, and that same crowd had been suffering for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal and from many doctors over the years had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had not gotten any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. See, here in the middle of this urgent situation, we are introduced to another character in the story with a troubling tale. And notice the connection between the woman and the dying daughter. The woman was suffering for 12 years with her affliction. And the daughter, at 12, year old, 12 years old, was dying. This woman had been afflicted for as long as Jairus' daughter was alive. 
So for this woman, besides experiencing the pain of the affliction, she'd also be experiencing the financial toll. But not only that, there were social consequences for her condition. Uh, if you look back in Leviticus 15, you'll see these, uh, these laws about uh, cleanliness. And this woman would be deemed unclean according to these laws. This means that you couldn't you know, sit where she had ever sat. Uh, you wouldn't even be able to touch her without you yourself becoming unclean. Not only that, she wouldn't be able to join in at the temple for worship. And her engagement in her community would be severely limited. This is where we find the woman, in pain, at a loss financially, but also socially outcast. But in the midst of this, when all seems hopeless, when it seems like all her hope is spent, there comes hope. And we see it in verse 27. And it starts out like this. As she heard the reports of Jesus. Man, that makes me think. Are the reports of Jesus and his work in my life spreading around me? Are the reports of Jesus spreading to the world around me? Continuing on. So the woman, she came up behind Jesus through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. As she does, immediately the bleeding stops. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. See, the woman's faith and hope in Jesus leads her to take a risk. If she were to be found out that she, being sick, had touched a man, let alone being in the midst of that crowd, she would face severe consequences. But instead, we see this beautiful reversal happen. As she touches Jesus, he does not become unclean, but she becomes clean. She is healed and purified by him, not the reverse. Now all she has to do is you know, sneak away quietly, make sure no one saw her or is suspicious of her, and she's in the clear. But that is not what Jesus has planned. As we see in verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched me? And the disciples are confused about this question. And they look at him and say, how can you ask this? Look at all the people pressing around you. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. You know, the disciples find the question to be silly. So many people were pressing against Jesus and in direct contact with him. So why ask who touched me? But there is a difference between physical nearness and the touch of desperate faith. It is possible to be near Jesus and yet never trust him. It is possible to see his workmanship and yet never come to believe in him. It is possible to be a part of a community of Jesus followers and never follow Jesus yourself. The woman's desperate need for healing drove her towards Christ. Sometimes illness 
in adversity, in tragedy, become the driving force to which we find our Savior. These situations become important parts of our stories as they lead us to humbly and hopefully find a solution that is beyond ourselves. It leads us to find someone greater and more in control than we can make our lives. Do you see your need for him today? Is Jesus a part of your story? The invitation is open. Will you come to know him as your savior? We continue on in verse 33. The frightened woman, she realized what had happened and she trembled and came and fell on her knees and came and fell to her knees in front of Jesus. And she tells him her story. She's afraid. <laughs> Maybe she's going to get in trouble for what she has done. But she takes the time to tell Jesus her story. And Jesus takes the time to listen to her story. You know, she's wondering, am I going to get reprimanded for what have I done? But as she shares her story, and as Jesus listens, something happens. See, the woman's plan was probably to sneak away, knowing that her condition was healed. But Jesus looks for who touched him as to give them an opportunity to share their story. Because in their story, it shares a testimony of her faith in Jesus. Jesus is giving the woman an opportunity to share her faith that she has in Jesus. And Jesus knows that her story will serve as a great encouragement for many people. Look at how Jesus responds in verse 34. And this is probably my, my favorite part of the story. He says this, verse 34. And Jesus said to her, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Jesus calls her daughter. You see, this is a story about two daughters. As Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, he stops along the way to care for one of his daughters. Jesus' response to this woman has many implications. You see, no longer is she deemed unclean, but is made clean by the Holy One. No longer is she a social outcast, but is declared a daughter of the king. No longer is um, not just her physical healing is confirmed, but so is her salvation. I mean, what great news this is. What great news is this when our needs are found in Jesus. But interestingly enough, the story takes another turn in verse 35. While Jesus is still speaking to this woman, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus. They tell him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher anymore. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. You know, it could be seen as you read the story that, that, that this woman posed as an interruption to Jesus on his way to deal with a very urgent situation. But Jesus was neither annoyed nor ruffled by this seemingly interruption. And this story challenges me 
and how I deal with interruptions in my life? Do I really see them as opportunities given by God to step into the story of another person? Or do I quickly dismiss it? Am I just moving from one busy moment to another busy moment? Do I take time to pause and be aware of the stories that are happening around me? Or have I trained my eyes and my ears to be briskly unaware of the needs in the world that I occupy? You see, Jairus' story has now become a part of this woman's story. As Jesus calls Jairus to have faith, he would have gained faith by witnessing what had just happened, by seeing the story of the woman and seeing her standing beside Jesus, healed and restored. Sharing the story of Christ's work in our lives is tremendously important. Because as we share about Jesus and what he has done, our souls will be flooded with the assurance of our faith. So I want to leave you guys with two questions. How can I share my story with others around me today? And how is God inviting you to listen to the stories around you? Allow yourselves to discuss these two questions. And now we're going to take a time to listen to some of the stories of our youth, a part of the summer crew. I hope they serve an encouragement to you today. Hi, my name is Timothy, and uh, this summer I really learned uh, to appreciate God's world. So, when I went camping, I went on a lot of hikes, one of which was Mole Falls. And on that one, um, I uh, went uh, to behind it. So, when I uh, went behind it, uh, it was kind of cold and wet, but that didn't really stop me from enjoying it. It was really beautiful seeing the water like fall down. It was really nice to see. And uh, yeah, it was really beautiful to see and that's an experience I will never forget. Hi, my name is Levi. And one way I felt God talking to me this summer is uh, about my brother. So uh, when he's bored, he gets kind of grumpy. And I felt God calling me to just play with him, spend time with him, so that he can enjoy the summer and have lots of fun. Um, so, and so he gets lots of exercise instead of just being inside all the time. And so just the other day, I went on a hike for youth. And when I got home, uh, my brother was sitting inside. And so I got him to come outside and I just played with him and we had a great time just hanging out together and it made the whole day a lot happier and I just found that that was a good way to share God's love and spread happiness. Hi, my name is Tristan. Um, so God, I'm pretty sure, has been teaching me how to trust um, more. So um, a couple weeks ago, I've been uh, nearing towards going into online schooling, and not till a couple days ago, I really thought about it more and realized that it, I don't know if it's something I really, really want to do. And when I finally made the decision to and trusted God and prayed about it, 
Um, the next couple of days, I've every single day had a reason to do it more. Hi, my name is Daxon and I'm part of the summer crew. Devin challenged us with the question, what has God been doing in our lives this summer? And I thought of one of my friends. Um, going to public school, faith is not something that we talk about a whole lot in our group of guy friends. But over the summer, I've gotten a lot closer with one of my friends in particular. And we started going on hikes frequently and just talking about what was on our mind. And then one day, I just started talking about summer crew and how my faith has become a lot more real to me this summer. And it was really uncomfortable at first, but then he shared that he also has a faith and it was something that he's struggling with as well. So we got to bounce ideas off of each other and it was really cool as well as it was, it was just a good overall experience. And reflecting on it now, um, God has given me a lot more uh, vulnerability with my friends and I'm starting to be able to talk to God about a lot more people. Hello, my name is Ryder Friedman. Today, Mr. Scullin asked me the question, what have I learned this summer from God? This summer, I have learned to immerse myself more in God through scripture and worship. I, this summer, I really feel like I've been doing a lot better by just allowing myself to let go of more um, suspense and let God control my life more and just let him show what he wants me to do instead of things that I need to busy myself with. So I've just learned to listen to God more this summer. Hi, I'm Callie. Um, this summer I learned that God is patient and I don't need to have all the right answers to know him. So we were reading, we're reading the book of Mark in summer crew and doing Bible studies. And usually I don't really have any answers to the questions, um, whereas other people do. But that's okay, because I don't need to know the answers to walk alongside him. Hi, my name is Jesse, and how uh, Devin today asked me, how has God changed my life this summer? Summer crew has changed my life a lot this summer. It started when I got that yes, that I could join the crew. One thing that happened this summer was when a team of three called Trek came up from Abbotsford to share with us. They taught us how to go out and share God's word with people and how to properly write a testimony. I hope in the years to come, I can learn how to share it properly with other people. And I hope in the years to come, kids and youth will have as much fun as I did this summer. Okay. Hi, I'm Allie. And this summer, God taught me to be a passionate follower of Jesus. I recently got my first job and was put into a situation where for the first time I was surrounded by people who weren't Christians. I was originally very timid and shy about bringing forth God into my conversations, but I had a realization that to be a Christian, I needed to be passionate about him through all aspects of my life. So now I'm okay with bringing God into all aspects of my life. Hi, my name is Megan. Last week at Crew, the Trek team came. We learned how to write testimonies and we also got to listen to them. Hearing everyone's stories was very powerful to me. Everyone comes from a different place, different hardships and successes. Everyone can bring us closer to God and help to grow our faith. Hi, my name is Hannah and I moved to Canada two years ago. God has been working in my life in so many ways this summer and uh, so I guess if I had to pick one, the most prominent would be him answering my prayers. For a long time I've been praying for like Christian friends my own age because I had older ones because my siblings are older but never anyone that I could properly talk to my own age. 
And he's really answered that with crew this summer and he's given me a bunch of good friends that I can really talk about God with and get deeper in my faith. And another way he's answered prayers is really changing my desires and teaching me to live for him. And yeah. The other day at crew, um, we were asked to go and read our Bibles and write what we read in the, our journal. And so um, after I had finished writing my journal and there was a little bit of time left, um, I started to think about whether I really wanted to be a Christian or not, and um, if this is how I wanted to live my life. And when I said yes, I felt a really like good feeling of joy and happiness. And um, I think that really strengthened my faith and proved to me that God is real. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I'll have to do that as we sing. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like Oh. 
are so powerful. And we are so thankful that our teens were confident enough to share a little bit about what they're learning this summer. And so we want to, again, ask you those questions. One, how can I share my story with those around me today? I don't know if there's families at home. Parents, have you shared your story with your kids? Teens, kids, do your parents know your stories? Are you hanging out with someone this week that you can ask and tell? Just like Daxon's story, it's amazing what happens when you begin to talk about faith and then maybe you'll find someone who is sharing the same faith as yours. How encouraging is that? And the second question is, how is God inviting me to listen to the stories being told around me? Are you listening? Because God is always speaking, and he's always speaking to those around us. And so as you go today, we encourage you to be listening and to tell your story. Thank you.